0: Hello and welcome friends, you are now listening to the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint Audio Experience. I am the host of this podcast, Javier Carlin, the founder of the New Grad PT Mentors, where we help New Grad Physical Therapists like yourself to become confident clinicians, increase their worth as PTs, and take control of their finances without burning out or needing 10 plus years of experience. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. It means the absolute world to us. And if you have any questions at all, reach out to us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. If you haven't already, make sure to join our free Facebook group, New Grad PT Mentorship, and follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. Thank you so much. Now on to the show. In this episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint audio experience, we have Dr. Gabrielle Whistler, founder of HealthCares LLC. Throughout this episode, Gabby discusses the ups and downs of finding her passion. She knew that being in a traditional physical therapy setting was not for her, so she set out to find what set her soul on fire. Through this journey of trial and error and her experiences with OCD, depression, and anxiety, she discovered that she wanted to help people strengthen their bodies and their minds. So welcome back to the New Grad PT Success Blueprint. I'm your host, Javier Carlin, the founder of the New Grad PT Mentors and the creator of this podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Gabby Whistler. She's a New Grad physical therapist, and uh, mind health has really become a personal and professional passion of hers. Her experiences with OCD, depression, and anxiety shaped her career as a physical therapist. She knew she would not be emotionally well in a traditional PT setting, and she knew she would and actually did burn out very quickly. Eight months after receiving her PT license, she started HealthCares LLC, an independent cash-based PT company, a company offering telehealth services. Her mission is to show others how to strengthen their mind and body through movement, Breathing and personal development to offer resources beyond counseling and medication, Gabby, thank you so much for jumping on. It's been a long time coming
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited. um can you give your can you give the listeners a glimpse of your background, your story, and then we'll kind of dive into to the journey that you're that you're
1: currently in.
2: Yeah, so I graduated from PT school in 2018. Actually, we were just talking about that almost a year now. It was just crazy looking back. It's amazing. Um, I know, it's it's absolutely mind-blowing. But uh, I chose physical therapy just kind of at first on a whim. It felt like um, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I initially wanted to go to med school and one of my teachers told me I didn't have the confidence to do so. So I kind of backpedaled and had a panic moment where I had no clue what I wanted to do with my entire life. You know, that's a big decision. Mm -hmm. So um, through that panic mode, I kind of turned to my parents and it was my dad who had told me, um, you know, looking back, you've kind of taught yourself how to overcome so many things with anxiety, depression, OCD, specifically in the gym, why not go into physical therapy? Um, so I kind of thought on it and started shadowing, and that was kind of where I found I don't want to say a passion because it wasn't anything that I was like, oh yeah, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. You know, it wasn't like that fire inside of me initially, but it was like, yeah, I could do that and enjoy it. I think that would be fun. I'm helping people similar to med school. Um, and you don't have to have quite the GPA, you know, like med
1: school. <laughs> anyway,
2: I was like, I can do this, sure. Uh, So I I went that route. I applied. I actually did not get into PT school the first year. I I applied to three and was rejected to two of them and waitlisted at the school I really wanted to go to. Um, So I met with the school that I was waitlisted for and uh, talked with the director and was basically like, what can I do to get in? This is essentially what I want to do. Um, How do I make it work? And he was really nice enough to sit down with me and say, if you do these things, um, you'll have a better chance of success getting in I can't guarantee it of course but um if you retake these courses and re- retake the god awful GRE um which I did not want to do but I did it anyway then you'll you'll have better chances of getting in so I did those things I took a year off and worked full-time um reapplied the next year applied to five five to eight schools I can't remember off the top of my head and I was accepted to two one of them being the school that I really wanted to go to um and that kind of that kind of uh was a snowball effect into getting into PT school and, and getting through the program. So that was kind of what led me to where I am now. So
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we have a similar story. I was also on the path to go into med school. Um for me, you know, I I actually was told by one one uh primary care provider out physician uh that he would not recommend it. <laughs> and I was oh. like I was like, really? I'm like, okay, well that's good to know. Thanks. He's like, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, well, basically he told me that the, for the amount of time that he was in school um, and for the lack of time that he had with his family, like the money was great, but he didn't get to spend any of his time currently with his family. And I was like, well, that's just a no for me. Like I want to, I want to be able to have that time with them. And then one of them was actually a neurosurgeon. He, I was with him for two weeks. Total douchebag, and I know not everyone's like that. I get it. There's also douchebags in the physical therapy profession, (laughs) but it just kind of, I had a bad experience with them, and I was like, you know what? Let me try something else. I was like, physical therapy sounds kind of cool. Again, it wasn't like a major passion of mine, but I was like, hey, I like fitness, I like health, I like helping people. Let's try it out. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Why not? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, so for you, um, like going through, um, PT school because PT school, I mean, it's no, I, it was it was challenging. I I, personally, I think it was uh, the course load, especially that first year. You know, it was a lot. It was a lot, and I'm sure like, like everyone, like there's a roller coaster of emotions that that you go through throughout PT school. Like, give us a a glimpse
1: of what what that looked like for you.
2: Yeah, specifically because of like the anxiety and OCD. Um, it was definitely challenging but that was kind of the turning point for me with my um I don't want to say recovery but kind of my mind health journey which is what I call it um um, that was when I started to really and and really understanding me and how I respond to different situations so I almost took this approach like Gabby you worked your ass off to get into PT school you're here they're not going to kick you out like I had a really incredible program that would support me no matter what Mm -hmm. so I tried to let the stress of like exam or exams and studying get to me um, but that's not to say they didn't also um, I have OCD which um, is for me it's like checking the light switches checking doors um, checking the stove, things like that but it's also alphabetizing words so when I'm reading every word I see I know when I'm reading it what it says but it's an alphabetical order in my brain um, and I can also like spit it off pretty rapidly which is kind of cool Huh. <laughs> it's like a little party trick People like, um, but that really made it challenging you know to study and even taking like multiple choice exams I would if I knew the answer say I want to choose letter C well in my mind whatever I was reading if it started with like A that's the letter that I was thinking of so there were times I would mark the letter A instead of C just because coincidentally that's what was it doing. so wow. yeah <laughs> that's so
1: interesting yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah.
2: Um, so that was definitely kind of a um, an obstacle, I guess, to overcome, but yeah. uh, honestly, it made me, I don't want to say resonate with patients a little more, but just having the understanding that people, just because I have anxiety and OCD, most of my classmates didn't even know it until I started my, my own business and my podcast and was a little more open with it, and I've had people reach out saying, I never knew this, I wish I knew this about you going through school, but... Um, it made me almost think of this now when I'm working with patients. It's like they probably have these things going on inside of them, not necessarily what I have going on, um but other things in their mind too that no one's ever talked to them about things like that so um and even in p t school you know with classmates and things i I tried to keep that mentality that other people are going through things as well, and if we're so much stronger when we kind of come together and we're open about these things as much as we can be so um that's how I tried to use it as I went through school anyway.
0: Yeah. I I love that and I think I think that's a great point is that I mean I'm starting to realize more and more every day that yeah patients come to us with, you know, physical, you know, problems, <laughs> but more than anything I think it takes I think it's more of a um a, a mindset and mental mental thing that that they that people deal with. I mean, emotionally it's draining to to be hurt like that. Yeah, you have pain, okay. But the things that you're unable to do because of that pain and, and, and the lack of function and your lack of ability to spend time, you know, with your friends or your family or be able to do the things that you love is, is probably the worst part of it. And I don't think we talk about that enough, um, in our profession. Uh, we spoke about it a little bit in class and I'm not sure if, you, if, you know, your professors went over it, but I think it's something that we need to talk more about. Um, and it's again, I think it's something that, like, I don't know if we're scared to talk to people about it because, it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have sometimes. And, um, and, and sometimes we don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think we need to, because that, that's what people need the help, like help with the most. And once we're able to bring that out of people, then we can help them with everything else. <laughs> um, so I just think that's, that's an amazing like experience that you had. And obviously for you being able to resonate with those patients at a deeper level is, is massive. Um, and for me, it's something that I still need to work on is like kind of pulling that out of people and even asking the questions because it's not easy. It's really not easy, but that's, that's really cool.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, kind of reflecting back too because you mentioned in your program, you kind of touched on it, but yeah. I mean, it's something I've never even thought about. But looking back, I, you know, I came from my program was, um, Christian based, but I kind of think back. I know we've talked more spirituality, but we didn't necessarily talk about, especially in the outpatient setting or home health setting, um, just connecting with people emotionally. Yeah. I can't think of a time or a class that even focused on that. And I can't think of one. So I'm sure there was a comment made, you know, maybe in class one day or something like make sure you're opening up or asking patients to open up, but never really how to address it. So, yeah
1: yeah there should be a, a
0: class on on how to be empathetic how to, how to display empathy. and yeah I, honestly because that we're dealing with human beings you know you and i were humans i think but yeah. so, far, yeah. so far, as far as i know um but i i think it's a, it's a it's something that's lost in the programs and um and because of that we're we're not taught to connect with people emotionally and I think we're taught not to do it because that that might be like not part of our scope and it's like yeah there are certain things that we're not trained to do but if we don't find those things out then we can't refer properly so I think it's I think it's massive um but yeah
1: yeah it has to
2: be, there's a fine line too between the different professions too even and if we're both so polarized that we're not coming anywhere near each other then mm-hmm. there's no interprofessional relationship and right
1: Definitely. So, so,
0: um, so, tell us more about about your company, Healthcare's LLC. Because obviously, um, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, and it seems like based off everything that that you've just you know told the listeners, like that's one of the main reasons why you started the, the company with everything that you that you've been through and that you went through through PT school. Um, so yeah, go ahead. I'll, you're obviously better at explaining it than I am.
2: <laughs> yeah, you are doing great. Actually, I'm gonna hire you to like be my representative. Um, i so actually i didn't the whole time i was in pt school i had no i knew i wanted to either be a boss or be a business owner i am not a good employee um mostly because of like the anxiety and depression i'm better when i can make my own decisions and and have my own rules but Um, it was never my idea right out of school to start a company or to start a business. That just seemed crazy to me. It wasn't something that was, um, advocated for in my program. And really I can only think of one person ahead of me that had started her own company and it was a brick and mortar business. Um, telehealth, honestly, I did one presentation on it in PT school and that was the only time I really even heard of it. Like, again, that wasn't advocated for. Um, so it wasn't something I went through PT school knowing what happened. Um, I did know after some of my clinicals that I was like, man, this is stressful. It's overwhelming. I don't like documentation. I don't like feeling that every time a patient walks up, up the door, I'm terrified I'm going to be sued if I write the wrong word in a computer, you know, based on my assessment or my notes or that I'm going to get a call from a doctor like upset with me. And granted, these things probably would never happen. But these are the fears that we have as healthcare providers because of insurance. And it's getting worse. It's like snowballing and Getting miserable, and I saw that really early on. So when I graduated, I was like, I cannot work a normal job. I would lose my mind, and it's not going to be good for me mentally, emotionally, physically, anything. So uh when I graduated, um I decided to go travel physical therapy because I was like, well, at least I'm only there, you know, three to four months. <laughs> but if I'm miserable, it doesn't have to be forever. right
1: <laughs> I love that.
2: <laughs> that was honestly my rationale, and I was like, I guess be in a cool place. Maybe that will help me emotionally um as i worked through some of these things yeah and uh my first job i took in ohio because um it was logical for me to save a little bit of money and also you know it's scary to start a new job and move away from home and oh, yeah. be across the country that's huge right so um i stayed in ohio for the first one it was at an outpatient pt clinic um and it was i was actually really lucky it was an incredible job i got all my documentation done there in the clinic um but it was so outdated i was working with patients and um, I would hear my coworkers across the room, like, and again, they were great people, great physical therapists, patients really connected well with them, but all the information they were sh- were sharing was so outdated. And I was just like sitting there shaking my head, like, oh my gosh, you guys, if only you knew, you know, I would love mm-hmm. to share these things that I just learned, but it would take forever and I'm only here three months, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I was like, okay, there has to be a better way of helping you, these people. And again, like my patients that were coming to me, it was a rural, rural, rural. Rural
1: area.
2: you got it you got it <laughs> um rural area so most of them like their pain was the biggest thing going on in their life because life is so slow paced out there it was in the middle of cornfield like middle of ohio nowhere town so when they were injured you know it was either interrupting their job or interrupting their family life and um just seeing the emotional toll that took on them or even my patients with like back pain who were coming to me and Some of them were getting better and some weren't. And there was something in my head like there's a reason I'm not able to help these people. And the one thing that always came to mind was not what I was telling them, not what I was educating them on or what, you know, how we were treating them. But the fact that I just didn't have time, Um, you know, we were so limited. I was lucky enough in that clinic to only have one patient an hour. But um, even with that, it was like I an hour just wasn't enough. An hour, once a week, twice a week, whatever the case may be, for the people that were not getting better, it just wasn't enough. So I was like, there has to be more. Um, My next contract was in California. So I packed up and moved cross country. And I was like, I can't do the outpatient thing anymore. I'm already like burnout. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was me. I love the deadlift. I like lifting. I like movement. um, And I enjoy the outpatient setting. I like sports, that sort of thing. But um, just because of everything I've already explained, I was already burning out. So when I came to California, I was like, I'm going to try something different. So on a whim, I kind of went with home health and it terrified me to pieces because who okay. can home? Like I never had a home health clinical. I never knew the first thing about home health. I just knew Oasis was terrifying. What am I getting myself into? But I made more money. So I was like, if I'm going to make more money doing it. Right? For sure. Um, so I moved out here. Yeah. Right. Like gotta make it worth it. So I started home health out here and I, it and I was like, okay. And I went from being overstimulated to understimulated. Now I'm teaching people how to sit down and stand up from a toilet. And yeah, that's really awesome. Like i helping them do something with their life. Um, But it just wasn't, nothing inside of me was like, this is my passion. This is what I want to do the rest of my life. Um yeah. And that's what I've always been on this define. Like everyone wants that passion. Like, oh, I don't know. So I needed something to set my soul on fire. So Absolutely. Um, I kind of started thinking. Do you know Andrew Tran?
1: Or yeah, of course. Do you yeah, know Andrew Tran. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're good friends. Yeah, yeah we're good friends.
2: He's one of my really good friends too. And I kind of reached out to him, and I was like, Andrew, I always want to start a business. I am burnout. I can't do this physical therapy thing in a traditional sense anymore. Like, what do I do? And he pretty much was like, yeah but you just need to go for it. <laughs> like, you just, <laughs> just need to do what you want to do, right? Like, uh-huh. make yourself. So I started thinking about it, and I was like, what would make me happy? Um. And it took a long time. Like I almost went into an EDS program where I almost started a business focusing on that. Um, And then it was gymnastics. And then I was like, those are great. But again, I don't feel that fire inside of me. Um, And then I was like, I've always wanted to help people going through the things that I went through while I was in school, growing up with the the mental health thing. I was like, what if there is a way for me to kind of bridge the gap between movement and um, mental health conditions, you know, help people on the same path that I was going through? And that's kind of when it hit me. I was like, no one really does this in physical therapy. Is that legal? Am I allowed to do that? Um, I don't know. So I just kind of went with it. I still 100% don't, don't know all of the legalities of it. I'm working with a lawyer right now trying to figure out what I'm allowed to do and not allowed to do. Of course, I can't like diagnose, you know, mental conditions. But as far as how I treat them, um, what um, what can I offer? So there's definitely been a lot that's been eye opening. But that's kind of where I'm at. I decided to Uh, Focus on the mental health side of things and I offer telehealth because I was like that way I can pretty much network with people wherever they are and work with them because I travel I'm licensed in so many states Um, I can reach more people that way versus you know going home to home or being a mobile PT that way. So so,
0: Yeah I (laughs) I I love it. I love it. I I mean, there's just so much that we can take away from that Um, so the telehealth factor obviously that's great because you can do it from you know the comfort of your own home once this thing gets big enough that might be the only thing that you do which if that's your passion that how amazing is that and I think that's a question um you know one question that you ask yourself that I think everyone should ask themselves is what makes me happy because very few people ask that question and if you go with that like what, what is life all about? It's about being happy. Like at the end of the day, that's what we're all what, what we all like shooting for every single day. So we never ask ourselves like, wait, like, is this going to make me happy? If it's a no, then don't do it. Or it. I mean, if you have to do it for some time, okay, you can suck it up for a little bit. But the fact is that ultimately, like, is it going to make you happy? If it's not going to make you happy, then just say no <laughs> and figure out, you know, it's, it's, you're not going to figure out what you're passionate about if you don't try different things. And I think it's trial and error. But you finally found like what you're really p- passionate about, and it, you already knew like within that that was your passion. But you just didn't know how you were going to make it work. And I think yeah. I think that's where people kind of get stuck. Is like, okay, like this is what I'm passionate about. But, like, how is it even going to work? Like, figure it out along the way. Like, you don't have to have all the answers right away, you know. Um, right. But that's that's the beauty of it, a beauty of it, beauty of it. And it's a, it's a process. It is, but it is fun. Um, and at at the end, like you get to work with the people that you want to. Um, and I think very like not many people think that way. And I think everyone needs to start thinking that way it's like like yeah. if you're gonna be doing this for a very long time then might as well like have a smile on your face <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah and i think people get so comfortable in what they're doing that yes putting themselves out there is scary and i think that if you're struggling to figure out what makes you happy literally it's trial and error get out there and try something different and take risks and eventually i think the more um comfortable you get doing that the more you are comfortable in your own skin and um with your thought processes and things like that and you start to figure out what your own life is about and what you know such a, a full empire so yeah definitely I think that's yeah
1: key. yeah no de- yeah absolutely um so
0: so where, where you're at right now like in in like are you in the beginning stages of of your business would you say okay okay so what because i think for for many people like when people think oh i like I don't want to open up my own business. They think more brick and mortar. You know, you have to have like a traditional, like you know, brick and mortar location to have to open a clinic. But obviously, a lot of the guests that are that ha- that I brought on here are actually doing an online business, which is which is another route that you can go. And obviously, with telehealth you know i think telehealth is going to get bigger and bigger like now's the time to jump into that if that's something that you'd want to do and the overhead is very little and and it gives you room to kind of figure things out where you're not investing a whole ton of money into something that you're not sure is going to work but at the same time like it's it is going to work Any, anything that you want to make work like you'll figure it out right but um but definitely like that's something that for the listeners now like if if you are if there is something on your mind that you think that you've been thinking about doing but you just don't know how it's going to work like think about maybe doing it online think about maybe doing it through telehealth because there are people that need our services there are people that need uh health cares llc um and there are so many people out there on this planet that just don't know like who to go to so the more that we're out there the more we've been you know uh, spread awareness like the more people we're actually able to serve so um i think i think what you're doing is is absolutely amazing so yeah no for sure um so we talked a little because I had a few questions for you, but you talked a little bit, a little bit about what the driving force uh, that kind of finally pushed you on onto this path is. Uh, for for our listeners who who may want to start like their own online business but aren't sure if they're ready, because at the end of the day, no one's ever ready. Like what what, what yeah? <laughs> what would you say to them? Like if they don't know where to start, or yeah, like what would you tell them?
2: Yeah. So find someone who is doing. A- or not even exactly, but who, someone who is doing what you are wanting to do in the future and really, um, kind of let them take you under the, under their wings if they're willing to. Um, whether that's online, you know, a mentorship group, the level up initiative is actually where I started with Dr. Blair. Um, and then now the SSPT thing, but find someone who's doing what you want to do and learn all, all you can from them. Um, because not only are they going to teach you things, but they're going to be the ones to motivate you, drive you and, and, um, really kind of push you forward in this because if you try to do it alone um, more often than not you're going to get inside your own head and be the, the limiting factor to your entire future so um, I know for me it's a constant everyday struggle you know I'm not good enough I can't do this um, I'm not posting enough I'm posting their own things I'm not as good as the person next to me like these are just a, you know 1% of the thoughts running through my head all day um, and they're all negative so if if I were trying to do this on my own I never would have taken that leap of faith Um, if it wasn't for Andrew Tran, you know, saying, Hey, do this, just do it. That's, that's all it takes sometimes is someone to literally say, just freaking do it. Like get out there and do it. (laughs) Um, that's what I needed. And, and I continue to lean on him and so many other people. Um, so really just trying to find someone who is doing what you want to do and not only learning from them, but allowing them to motivate you and and inspire you to keep going
1: forward. I think that's huge.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. Some sometimes all we're all we're looking is for for permission, like from someone, just to tell us to just do it. Like we know, yeah. what, like we know what the first step is. We know what that next step is. But all we're waiting for is someone to say, "Hey, yeah, like that's right. Like go for it. Like you you know, like go oh, just." And then you start again figuring things out along the way. But that's I mean you've learned it. I've learned it. Like you can't you can't do this stuff alone. It's you you can. I'm not gonna say you can't, but it's just gonna take you a lot longer to figure out. A lot longer to figure out and those ups and downs like when you have those downs and you have no one there to kind of push you back up it's hard to kind of push yourself back up on your own so um the the support system is is absolutely everything um and i think that's been a common theme with again everyone that's been on here is like you have to have someone like kind of like showing you the way showing you the way showing you the path um and that's what's been really helpful for me and obviously very helpful for you so
1: yeah I sure I
0: share something else too real quick. Go for it. yeah, yeah, that's 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 why you're on the podcast, girl
2: correct <laughs> yeah, me if I'm wrong too, but um, I honestly didn't know how easy it was to start this either like if you're doing the online thing, um really, I think the four things off the top of my head, um, but there's not that much you have to do, like you're never gonna feel prepared to do it, so um, there's really four essential things you have to do before you're like legal, I guess. Um, and that's whatever state you're in. Typically it's an LLC. Sometimes it's a sole proprietorship or, um, like a PLLC. So you'll have to look into that. Um, it's getting, uh, your liability insurance. What else? I don't know. There's like two other things, but, um, if I think of them, I'll list them off too. But it's, it's so much easier than we are led to believe because these things aren't taught in school. So when you graduate, you know, you go into this world of like adult life and working and, um, you think you have it all figured out, but. But honestly, like you don't know the beginning of life at all. Um, so it's it's a lot easier than we're led to believe in. Um again, just reach out to someone who could show you those things. I'm trying to think of what the other two are. Do you know? Uh, LLC, oh. liability insured Oh gosh. Um,
1: for an online business?
2: Yeah, I can't even remember. I yeah, guess get it. I mean hmm.
1: <laughs> There's i can't like, remember there's
0: like yeah. the like the minimum you can do of course if you want to like copyright and trademark and do all that stuff you can and it's not necessary um but i i just don't know what you were thinking <laughs> that's oh, the thing <laughs> <I
1: know>. perfect <laughs> I like, you have to get
2: a uh shoot like oh, an e-i-n number so a tax id number oh yes yes um, mm-hmm.
1: and a bank account. that's it and a bank, like oh a, there you go account. so if you
2: can get a, a bank account and EIN number, which you apply for online, and LLC and liability insurance, you can have your own online company. And there may be a little more that you need to do, of course, Um, but those are really, like the biggest things. So yeah, it's really awesome and easy. Yeah, and,
0: cheap. and then and cheap. It's so it's so cheap. It's ridiculously cheap, and you get all the tax breaks and all that good stuff. But uh since we're on the business topic, I, I just want to give a tip to everyone listening right now. So there's three things that you you should focus on when you are starting your own you know, your own business, whether online or brick and mortar, it's a V, C, and B. So visibility is um, obviously you need to be seen. So people know that you exist, that your business exists, so that they can actually consider you as as someone that they want to do business with and then number two is credibility so as you're being seen as you have more visibility um you know you become more credible and that's and that comes with the content you're putting out people start to trust you and then once that curve starts to come up where you're being seen more and more your credibility starts to increase then that's where profitability comes in so it's a it's the it's a VCB visibility credibility and profitability so if you are uh, you know, diving into the business world—that's a little little tip that I wanted to to put out there. And of course, that comes with uh, producing online content, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, podcasting—so many ways to do it. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there because it was on my mind from today.
1: <laughs> I think that's a good
2: way to put it. Um, and honestly, that's—I think when you think of starting a business, you think of it almost backwards. You see profit then you see visibility first i have to make money and then i'll work on marketing things like that but oh no yeah yeah
0: yeah definitely yeah and it's i mean that's it's what we all like think about right away but it's not it's the other way around and then um it's just putting like putting your voice out there telling people you know it's not easy to to come on a podcast it's not easy to go on video it's not easy at all but the fact is that we have to kind of change the focus from how we feel about ourselves to the people that we're serving and it makes it a little bit easier when you're doing that so um, I think that's one of the things that most people struggle with is like well okay cool but now like what do I talk about like what like what do I put out there are people going to judge me is this video the right thing am I saying the right thing do people even care it's like just just you know put some value out there and you'll figure it
1: out along the way <laughs>
2: I just, I stuck a chord with me too. was the judgment factor like when I graduated and I have thought about even starting a business, I was like, what in the hell am I doing? Like none of my classmates are doing this. What are my professors going to think? They're going to think I've lost my mind. Like everyone's going to think I'm absolutely crazy. Not only for doing telehealth, which is something, you know, it was almost a taboo subject it seems. But just kind of, I felt like I was losing my mind and going crazy. So for anyone thinking that as well, like honestly, I've received so many messages of support these last couple months that it's blown my mind from classmates and professors. So um, I think honestly, people will be, if you do make this leap of faith, people will honestly be in awe and a little jealous, even, you know, like I wish I could do that. So, um, yeah, don't let that stop you. If that's yeah, something.
0: definitely. I, yeah. And just going back into like the mindset thing, I think that's a prerequisite to everything is, you know, you, you talked about like in the bio, like working on personal development, I think is massive um because at the end of the day like if you don't have your mind right or as right as you, it can be because <laughs> it's like a life is it's not easy, <laughs> it's
1: exactly, not easy yes.
0: but, it, <laughs> but if you don't focus on that it, it makes it really hard to to kind of continue to move forward um you know take those actions and, and make those decisions that are just uncomfortable and kind of scary as heck initially but I think you know mindset and and you know finding that self worth and self-confidence is something that and it doesn't, it's not like one day you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, like, I'm so <laughs> confident today. It's like, no, nah, it's, it's, you have to work on it too. But I think having that as a prerequisite and, and knowing that it's not, you're not going to feel a hundred percent all the time. But at, at least if you, if you continually work on that through personal development, through listening to podcasts, audio books, a pod, like this, this podcast in itself where we're telling you, like, like, you're doing amazing things. You know, I just opened up a clinic. Like, we still struggle with those same things, but you have to keep on pushing forward. Otherwise, you stay stuck, and that's a terrible place to be. So, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 what's next for you, Gabby? Like, what are your biggest goals for, for 2019?
2: Oh, gosh. So, in the next year, I would love to be able to go either part-time or PRM. Um, as a physical therapist, either with travel or, or permanently somewhere, God forbid. Um,
1: Tampa? And, yeah. Come to Tampa. Right? <laughs> Actually, I think
2: Jacksonville it is my favorite place to live by far so far. Was awesome. Florida. I really
1: love it. yeah. Um,
2: I'm a beach person, so. Yes. Uh, yeah, you might be able to convince me there. But, um, yeah, so just kind of grading myself down in the world of traditional PT and building myself up online, um, with my own business. With that's where I hope to be in a year is almost full time. Um, but that's my goal. So it's a big one, but I like to set them big. And, you know, it. even if there, then we're somewhere in between.
0: I love it. I love it. Let's not, let's, let's eliminate hope. You're going to yeah. get there. You're going to
1: get there. I love it.
0: Yeah, so, so if anyone, so if anyone listening right now wants to like learn more about you and your story and, um, and just find out more about like the really cool things that you're working on now, where can they find you?
2: Yeah, so they, I'm bigger on Instagram than Facebook right now. That's kind of where I put my time and effort. So, okay. uh, both of them are at Mind Health DPT. So, mind, like M-I-N-D, uh, Health DPT.
0: Awesome. Perfect. And if anyone um, would like to kind of reach out to you, are you open to to having a conversation with any other PTs who maybe are considering doing something similar or, or who just want to learn more about like the, the you know, the I guess the mind health aspect of, of what we do as physical therapists? Because again, we're not taught that in school. And I think obviously you've been kind of diving into this quite a bit. So I think even for me, um, after this, this podcast, you know, I, I'm definitely going to be asking for some help. Um, as far as like how to communicate with patients about about what's going on in here
2: <laughs> in the brain, um, yeah, definitely. I'm actually in the process of mentoring to one student and one physical therapist right now, so I'm more than happy and either awesome,
1: okay. awesome
2: again, I don't know at all, but i whatever I can share, I'm happy to
0: hey, I don't I mean. You know, I just opened up this clinic. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. But hey, it's. <laughs> I had my first patient today, so you gotta, you gotta just go with it. <laughs> I love it. Alrighty, well, Gabby, thank you so much for jumping on the show. It was really a pleasure having you, and I'm happy it finally happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it took a little while, but we got it.
0: We got it. We got it. Alrighty. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. If you have any questions or would like to speak to us directly about your new grad PT experience, please do not hesitate to contact us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. As always, we welcome you to join our free new grad pt mentorship group on facebook and we'd also like to invite you to follow us on instagram at the new grad pt mentors if you can think of at least one person who can benefit from listening to this episode today please be sure to share it with them we look forward to seeing you and them on the next episode of the new grad physical therapist success blueprint thank you have an amazing day